Hello and welcome to Weep Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the differences of buying video games now versus back then when it came out, like, 20 years ago, let's say. Like, back in 2000 when we were kids. I don't think there's going to be really any spoilers ahead, so you don't have to really worry about that. It's kind of crazy looking at how video games have progressed from back when we were kids. I mean, I know video games obviously are much older than we are, but just from the PlayStation era, we got to see the beginning of a system of the PlayStation 1, and we had f- physical copies for everything and even having to wipe the the discs down in case they were scratched. You tried to get past a certain part that was skipping or freezing up the game. So it was cool seeing that. And then as time went on, we're co- going into the digital era of video games where we don't need that anymore. We still have hardware limitations with how many games we can store on our system. But now we're seeing that games uh, stores like GameStop and stuff are slowly pulling back on the amount of inventory they have and just the physical space that they take up for video games they're now moving into a lot of merch and stuff like that so we're seeing the digital age actually start taking over and it's a very strange thing to see I definitely my viewpoint has been like a teeter-totter for this especially when we started getting into our first topic of today. I'll be honest with you, I've been on both sides of the spectrum, and now I'm kind of like in the middle. But it's funny that you mentioned about the whole like skipping thing and everything. I remember very vividly that, do you recall a game I used to play a lot called Custom Robo for the Mm -hmm. GameCube? Because I also had that rented at one point, and I think we both found out that we played it. So then we did we took turns playing through certain yeah. missions and stuff. That was a fun game. I absolutely love that game. Like I would still play it to this day. It was so much fun. I don't. It's weird because I'm not normally a fan of fighting games, but that game was, it was so very, much fun. It was very Digimon esque. It in really its was visualization. Like Maybe that's why. Out. Maybe it was was just very appealing, like visually appealing to me, so it helped. But one of the things I wanted to mention was there were, it was when I rented the game, literally every time I got into like battles, the game would freeze. Or at least at certain points, like certain like boss battles, it would freeze. And I was like, I I would save before going in here, and then I would restart it and try doing it but it wouldn't work so what i found was if you just open the gamecube and then shut it and it would reread the disc it would go through anytime it paused in the game i would just have to open it shut it and it would go through i don't know if like what kind of glitch that was but it was only for this game and it was something i remember very vividly because i had to keep doing that constantly (laughs) yeah i remember i hit a game that did that too but um there was no getting around it it was i believe it was um 
Jimmy Neutron. It was a Jimmy Neutron game, Attack of the Twonkies or oh something like God. that. Oh, my God. But it happened very early on in the game. Like, you get past the sort of intro period where you're kind of learning how the things work. And it was when you were about to get into the actual game of, exp- like, collecting the Twonkies and fighting them and stuff like that. And it would freeze. But it was during a cutscene, so it's not even like I could avoid the thing that was causing the freeze because a lot of the early games didn't have skipping cutscenes availability. So I couldn't skip it, and I was just kind of screwed. I'm like, well, time to return this game. That was always a, that was the bane of our existence back in the day. We were always super careful placing the discs into the system because it would be a shame if we damaged our own games and couldn't play them anymore. Yeah, I I do remember that. Especially, I remember a few games getting busted that really, mainly Twisted Metal 2, and that really Mm -hmm. upset me. I'm pretty sure we went through like three discs of Twisted Metal. I'm pretty sure. I think we did too. And one thing you were talking about of like how PlayStation 1 was kind of like their first, maybe our, like a lot of people's first console. You got, I think you missed one, the Sega. Well, Dreamcast. Yeah, I, I suppose I was thinking more of the the discs. Um, uh, okay, that's fair. Rather than cartridges, although cartridges were those were all that was a whole thing too. Like putting the cartridge in, trying to start it up, it doesn't start, so you blow the cartridge and then you put it <laughs> back in. I think everyone remembers that if you were a kid, especially <laughs> with the N sixty four. I think that was a lot more popular than the Sega Dreamcast. But I just remembered the hours we spent on Sega Dream. And again, Mortal Kombat. Another fighting game that, for some reason, we absolutely loved. And, like, I still... It's weird, because, like, I'm kind of getting into fighting games recently. I've actually just got Soul Calibur, because it was on sale for 6 bucks, And a Naruto game that was on sale for 6 bucks. Both are primarily fighting games that i've actually had some fun playing with but i've been playing with friends so maybe that's it maybe i just hate solo playing fighting games solo where it's kind of fun it's kind of like smash where it's fun to fight against your friends or team up against other people to fight but then when it's like solo i'm just like I just get rage-induced, and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a huge um, fighting game person, but I'm sure this just falls in line with my opinions of grindy games and games that are just sort of repetitive. Although, it does fall under the category most of the time of single-player games, which I enjoy single-player more. But the fighting games, I just really can't get into all that much. Like, it's fun for a little bit, but eventually, once you start getting used to the game, it kind of loses its charm for me. That, and for me, like, the the whole combo thing, I understand. Oh, I hate combos. In fighting games, like, because you block and everything, so when you hit a combo and, like, you can half-health the person, like, that's rewarding in its own right, but I I think that's just bullshit. Like, I just, I don't have that mentality. I don't have that fighting game mentality to where I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You 100, like, 100 to 0 someone in, like, one combo. To me, I'm just like... No, that's to me that's toxic. But like I understand that's the whole point of fighting games. But it's just like I said, for me I'm just fighting games are just not my forte. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I think it's probably because I can't do the the combos and stuff. It's just 
it's very difficult. And, then, and for me, it's not that I don't want to take the time to learn it. I mean, that's a part of it. But it's not like I've never done that before. Like, when Overwatch first came out, when everyone, like, really enjoyed it and was playing it, I actually would watch videos on, like, maps and stuff on, like, how to find, how to flank and all that stuff. And I saw my rank increase. And, like, I when I took the time to practice it, I did see my skills improve. But that's also because I enjoyed the game. But, like, fighting games for me, fighting games are something it's now kind of like how Call of Duty is for me where before maybe back when I was a kid I enjoyed it but now it's kind of like yeah I may have that little itch every now and then to want to play it and that's why I bought like Soul Calibur or like this Naruto game because they were only six dollars if I really want to itch to go and play it and then I'm like all right I'm good after playing it for like an hour or whatever I'm like I, I realize why I don't like fighting games, but anyways, this <laughs> yeah, is the fighting game. I was going to say, to take away from the, the fighting game topic, so I think our first topic is physical copies versus digital copies, and I'm just kind of curious, because you said you're on the fence, and I have a preference now, because I used to be on the fence a lot, and I actually used to be one way versus the other, but now I'm very, very for one specific way. What are you what do you lean towards more for physical versus digital and why are you on the fence what about the other one do you like less or more okay so if anyone knows me i used to be a hardcore physical disc person i was like very adamant about not buying digital because I personally, I like seeing the disc. I like seeing the cover arts. I mm-hmm. 100% enjoy physical disc other than, than digital. Obviously, I've had my fair share of broken disc, as we mentioned just earlier, about how we broke the same game three times that was so hard to find. We didn't take good care of it. Not to mention there's scratches and all this stuff so don't get me wrong there are definitely pros and cons to each i have since gone mostly digital and what i say by that is i think i think it's mostly because i've been playing a lot of pc over console lately and that's not to say i haven't bought in stuff digitally on the playstation network store because Obviously, if they have sales and stuff, like I said, I just bought a couple games for $6, and I really like that accessibility of the digital thing. But one thing I'm always worried about, and maybe it's from the fact that I'm in the film industry and I've edited a lot of videos and stuff, is that it's so easy to wipe everything or like to lose everything if you only have a digital storage and it's only electronically. And my worry is like, I spend thousands of dollars over the years. Obviously not like right now, but let's say like in 10 years or something, thousands of dollars on these games for PlayStation Network that's connected to my account, which is great and all. But what happens if I just stop going with PlayStation? What happens if I swap over to Xbox? I lose everything that's in there. What if a next gen comes on and all my games that I bought digitally 
now for the PS4, I can't play with the PS5. Where physical copies, they generally let you play the game one generation below. And there's a lot of pros and cons. Like, you can argue everything for digital and whatnot. And I understand that. And that's why I said I mostly became digital. But one thing I still buy physical copies for is if it's a game I truly want. So, like, Brilliant Diamond just came out. I bought that physical copy. I was not going to buy that digitally. I want that game. I want the cartridge. I want everything saved to that cartridge. So I always have it with me. And if it's a game I truly am looking forward to, I will 100% buy the physical copy over the digital. So I'm mostly Mm. digital, but if it's a game I truly want, I will still buy the physical copy. So... My argument for you there is you said over the, like 10 years or so, you spent $1,000 on games and you're afraid that it will be lost to the system because it's digital. Well, I would argue that since the PS3, I believe the PS3 was actually not backwards compatible to the PS2. It depends on what version you got. Okay. Well, so say... You have the PS3 now, and it's you got it right when it came out. Seven years later, the PS4 comes out, and you go to the PS4. The PS4 or PS3 was not backwards compatible to the PS3 at all, no matter what version it was. So even if you did get physical ga- games, they were obsolete as well, just like your digital games might have been. So that backwards compatibility, that argument, well, I see where you're coming from. But I feel as if that one doesn't work just because PS4 was not backwards compatible. And then with the PS5, they said there would be backwards compatibility. But I don't believe it until it comes out because they also said that for the PS4. And now certain game providers, as it's getting as it got closer to the release of the PS5, they would actually release their games with a copy of a, a digital kind of like code i guess you could redeem on the ps5 for the game on the other system so if you bought it for ps4 you would still have the game for ps5 so now that the digital world is catching up they are making accommodations at least the big game companies are making accommodations for having your data when you go to the ps5 also with digital if you have playstation plus if you're a playstation player If you have PlayStation Plus, you get free online storage backup of your save data, not the physical copies of the games themselves, but the data that goes with the game. So if your system was erased and you re-downloaded Horizon Zero Dawn, then you could get your data back and you could pick up where you left off. So there are ways around the inevitable or the fear possibility of losing all of your data. There are safe holds in place as long as you take those measures now you said what if you switched to xbox even if you bought a physical copy that wouldn't help because you can't take a ps3 game to an xbox game so physical or digital doesn't matter if you're switching systems in general so i see your argument because i used to be an adamant physical disc person like you said I like seeing the cover art. I like having it physically in my hand because it is a solid 
thing I own. There's proof that I own it. And I like putting it up on a bookshelf or on some sort of shelf and just seeing all of my games grow. Now, as years go on, somehow either games have diminished in quality, I've gotten more picky, or I've somehow become poorer because as I get older, I'm buying less and less games. So that collection doesn't really expand as large as I would want it to. So as the years went on, I have less interest in buying physical games because I don't get as many. So it is really nice to buy a digital game because I don't have to get up and swap discs or figure out if I even put the disc back in the right case, which I do most of the time. But there's a game that's missing from my collection that I'm just like, I have no idea where it went. Like It just <laughs> vanished. I checked every single case. There is a disc in every case except the one I'm looking for. I have no idea where this disc went. And I checked my systems. It literally fell off the face of the earth. Pretty sure, like a ghost picked it up and just ran with it. But so, want that right there. That is an argument against physical copies is the fact that you can scratch them and lose them. But yeah, digital copies have been super nice because it's they're all there on your system. You just go to the game you want, you don't have to worry about finding the disc, you don't have to worry about having the wrong disc in, scratching it, or anything. It's just there for you. And I've slowly been teetering on the edge of what I want, but since the PS5 also has the option to get one without a disc slot, I think when I eventually get the PS5, that's the one I'm going with just to solidify my push into the digital realm. And like you said, with computer games, those are making me like discless even more because I haven't had a CD-ROM in my computer in years. So I've only ever gone through Steam and downloaded games from there and had the Steam library to go choose from. So it's really convenient when you go digital because you have a library to choose from. You don't have to go siphoning around. So it's really nice. Although the downside is you don't get that artistic case anymore. And I, you don't really get the benefits of pre-ordering because, I mean, we'll we'll talk about pre-ordering later, but there were benefits five years ago to pre-ordering. Now it's a little less uh, beneficial to pre-order, but... Yeah, that's my argument. I am a digital guy. I used to be on the fence, and I also used to be super for physical copies. But, yeah, I think digital is the way to go, honestly. So the only uh, counterpoints I have to that is my whole argument about swapping uh, from PlayStation to Xbox was a little, I guess, weak. My whole thing more about that was like, what if you never go back to it? And if you sell your system, then you have no way of playing those games ever again, basically, is what I was more getting to. But like I said, that's a very flimsy argument. So that one I get. Yeah, I I just feel like that would still um, apply to both physical and digital. Well, that goes to my other counterpoint is the whole how you say like a lot of the PS4 games now come with a digital copy to go to your PS5 or like a lot of that goes, which is the case. And how you said like the PS4 wasn't backwards, backwards compatibility pissed me off that. Oh, yeah, that made me so mad. That is completely understandable as well. My also counterpoint to that would be if you had physical disc. 
most likely you are not getting rid of your console. I have, besides the Sega Genesis or Sega Dreamcast, whatever one I had that my parents sold, I still have every console I have ever owned. So if I ever wanted to play an old game that I physically own, I can still do that. You can't do that all the time with digital because I've looked up games. They don't have Twisted Metal 2 anymore. I don't know if they added it back to the PlayStation Store, but once you bought it digitally for the PS3, the PS4, as far as I know, unless they added it recently or sometime since I've last checked, they don't have Twisted Metal 2 anymore. So if I still had that physical disc, I could at least play it on the PlayStation 1 that it originally was for. You can't do that with a lot of digital. And that's even... Well, this is going into completely different territory, well, but that's on. with I, movies I want, as well. I was going to say, I want to argue that point because I think this argument is actually very comparable to each other, the physical and the digital copies, because the... So I know exactly what you're talking about with the PlayStation or the Twisted Metal 2 on the PlayStation 3, because I downloaded the digital copy on the PlayStation 3 because obviously you couldn't play a PlayStation from one game on the PS3. So I downloaded that and I played it. The issue with the PlayStation 4 was that their store was completely different. And I believe the architecture of the PlayStation 4 made it so people had to um, redesign the game to work on the PlayStation 4's architecture. So actually, many games that were digital copies didn't work from the PlayStation 3 or didn't weren't there from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4. So my argument is, Sure, you are correct by saying that the digital copy doesn't translate over to the PlayStation 4, so your Twisted Metal copy is digital copy is now worthless. But that is still a very similar argument to playing to yeah, playing the Twisted Metal 2 on the PlayStation 1 versus playing it on the PlayStation 3. It's the same issue. It's just a digital versus physical issue cuz if you wanted to play your physical copy, you would have to go all the way back to your PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. Whereas the digital copy, you would still you would have to play it on your PlayStation 3. It's no different besides the fact that PlayStation 2 had backwards compatibility to the PlayStation 1. So it I will say there is the benefit of the backwards compatibility to PlayStation 2 cuz you could play your physical disc disc on the 1 or the 2 whereas the digital can only be played on the 3. But it's a very similar issue because you couldn't bring the Twisted Metal disc to the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4. So similar arguments. I do see your point that you're making, but it is um, they're they're very closely related, the issues that we're dealing with. And I think that is mainly due to the evolution that the digital copies needed to or the digital industry needed to advance. So I think from now on, things will start to get a little bit more clearer and allow for forward compatibility throughout the, the future systems. So I think, I think we're in the area, that a fuzzy borderline between digital copies not working, like not going forward, and we'll soon hit that point to where digital copies will be superior and backwards compatibility will be much easier to produce but that's just a prediction i think with the evolution of technology yeah i i get that especially with i don't know it's so fuzzy of the legality of 
emulators. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, it's fine. And then other people are like, oh, it's illegal. And like all this stuff, it's the same. It's like the same thing when it came like when we were kids downloading music and all this stuff. So especially nowadays, you can find a lot of old games on emulators. So this counterpoint is gonna like it's easily debatable with this but like if we're not go if it all kind of depends on the whole legality this is a very gray zone is what i'm going to say is also another thing with physical copies is a lot of the issues that are solved are primarily for xbox playstation very mm-hmm. big name stuff what if i wanted to place i mean sonic again ps3 had it but i don't i haven't seen the original Sonic on PS4. Maybe, well, actually, is it still on there? I know Steam has it, so you can play it on Steam. Yeah, I was going to say, I know the mobile has it. So, it's like, it's just like some games, though, you won't be able, like, handheld games or, like, a lot of GameCube games, you can't find it in the store anymore because it's Nintendo. So, that's another pro and converse physical. But, like I said, a lot of old games now, you... If you really wanted to play it, you most likely have that console. And it goes, again, with my... I feel like that still fits with my standpoint to where I'm like 70 to 80% digital. But if it's a game I absolutely want, I will still buy it physically just because kind of like how you used to be. I still personally like having a physical copy. I don't buy physical that much anymore. I buy a lot of games on Steam, and I still had the, like you said, the PSM where you get the free games. I do that a lot. And like I said, I am primarily digital. However, there are still things I will buy physically. Like I mentioned, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, I bought physically. Pokemon Sword and Shield, I bought physically. Are you even able to buy Switch games not physical? Do they have a a Nintendo Nintendo store? Yep. Okay. That, that's that was where, just from my ignorance of Nintendo products. Well, that's also because you don't have a Switch. I think yeah. it didn't really come out until the Switch. And now the Switch is... Because the Switch, you can plug up to your TV. So it, it's it's like a hybrid between a handheld mm-hmm. and a console. And I haven't actually explored the Switch that much. Maybe there's a lot of GameCube games that you could buy now that is on the Switch that you could possibly play. So who knows? Maybe everything I just said about that is wrong. <laughs> But my stance is I'm like 70, 70 to 80% digital. But if it's a game I absolutely love, I will buy it physically. Primarily two reasons. One, I like having the physical copy or three reasons. Two, the cover art. A lot of cover arts is actually really nice. And three... I don't know how they fix this digitally. I know you could do, you used to be able to do this a lot. If I ever wanted to go to a friend's house, well, then again, I don't go to a lot of my friend's houses anymore. More like you Maybe. don't have friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if I brought a physical copy, I could just bring all my saved data or whatever to them, and then they could play it. Where... If you bought it digitally, you have to bring your whole account over. And sometimes when you do that, you get the whole primary, secondary, and you can only mm-hmm. add it to like two or three accounts. And not so, to mention you would have to re-download the entire game onto that system. Well, nowadays, it, 
physical is still like even if you bought it physically you still have to wait for it to download so oh, that's true it that's where i was going to mention that too but that's more of a back then thing where we didn't have to wait for download yeah, when when the disc actually held the entire game yeah so well, i don't even get how that works anymore like the discs are the discs holding the license it, and then you put it into the like thing a, and it downloads the license and downloads it from the store so my thing is i think of it kind of like a usb drive and yeah, it has the data and stuff already it's just now with internet you can just beam it so it's kind of like dropbox early my thought is or google when drive you, when you don't have connection to the internet how does it put the game on your system because even like really good blu-ray discs only hold about 50 gigs of data unless i'm unless they've updated that which could very well be maybe they have larger I mean, red dead Blu-ray was 120 disc. and they had yeah. to literally give you a separate disc to download it <laughs> yeah i know that is wild to me but it's just like why don't we j- I'm, I'm sure the reason we don't play off the discs nowadays is because of uh disc rate like uh the how fast it can read the disc is much slower than if you put it physically on your system and read it from your hard drive so that's probably the real reason that we have to download games nowadays because it'd be too slow just look at like skyrim for the ps3 that shit was painfully slow so maybe that's why but i don't know i don't know i don't know where i was going with this this point (laughs) (laughs) it's just crazy so your final stand is you're 100 percent digital or i'm moving 100 digital 100 i'm 95 percent digital when i don't go into the digital when i go physical copy it is because of a used game that i can get super cheap so yours is more much cheaper but so would you rather buy well i guess if it's if it's a relatively new game there's probably won't be a sale but there's a lot of times there's sales one issue that i've found with digital games is their price drop is almost non-existent it is they'll maybe drop to forty dollars, but unless you find a deal going on, because like PlayStation Store, I feel is notorious for not having deals or not having good ones. So when I want a game, it's very difficult to find one that is reasonable where I could go to GameStop and get the same game for forty dollars cheaper because it's on sale for eight dollars. So digital, I dislike due to the lack of sales when, when it comes to steam though they're really good with with sales and stuff and you can get steam codes that you can find from other websites where you can buy like i don't even know how they get the steam codes i hope it's legal if it's not that oops but um yeah you can buy like you can get such better deals on the pc digital but when it comes to consoles it is very difficult to find good deals and that's where i dislike digital yeah, except when obviously like right now or when it's an anniversary a lot of times mm-hmm. but like yeah like you said you could, a lot of times if you were looking for a game you could go to like a GameStop and see if there was any used games of the one you were looking for and a lot of times it was like 15 or 20 dollars cheaper even if it's like just came out it would be like 10 dollars cheaper where a lot of times if a game just came out you'd have to wait like a month before it would go on sale at least digitally 
But that's about our stance. So we're both mostly digital, and we each have our own preference, a few preferences on why we are not 100% digital. But moving on past that is, as you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about the lack of presence of like GameStop and everything. So one of the major differences between now versus back then is definitely renting. And to me, this is something I extremely miss because I can't tell you how many times I have bought a game because it's on sale for like four or five bucks. And then I honestly, I hate the game. There's been, I won't say countless, but there's definitely been a handful of games that I have bought on sale kind of impulse because I was like, oh, I've seen the trailer and I'm like, oh, this seems interesting and it's only five bucks. Why not buy it? And then I absolutely hate the game, and now I can't get a refund for it. I know Steam has a pretty good policy about it. Like, if you play under two hours or something, you can get a refund. But that's only for Steam. If I find a digital game I want on, like, the PSN network, I'm more SOL out of the entire thing. Where renting, a lot of times you could at least rent a brand new game if it was in stock, <laughs> good luck trying to get it because sometimes it was very hard to get, the get. But you could rent a game for a night for like two bucks, two or three bucks. And if you really enjoyed it, then you could think about buying it. And hell, a lot of times you could rent a game for a week for three or like, yeah, three to five dollars. If you like, if it was a game you didn't think you would have a lot of replay value, but you just kind of wanted to play it, you could rent it for a week and pay five bucks beat the game and then be done with it where a lot of times now especially with uh, GameStop I think I think GameStop still gives you a seven day return policy I don't know exactly how well that still is so if you really were hardcore into it but even if you let's say you were hardcore and it took you more than seven days now the best you can do is like exchange it for in credit and you still lose about 10 to 15 dollars if it was like a brand new game to where if you rented it for two weeks for five dollars each you only spent 10 bucks you beat the game and if it wasn't the game you particularly wanted to keep it was just kind of like oh you feel like you want to play it and then you don't see yourself ever playing it again boom you spent 10 bucks basically on a game got to enjoy it and now you're really not out of money. So one thing I really miss is the whole renting because I do like how I was able to play a game to see if I really did enjoy it. And if I did, I would buy it later on. If I didn't, I'd been like, okay, I only wasted five bucks. And I know one counter on is like, what about demos? Not every game has demos, especially if it's an indie game. So there's that as well. Yeah. So I agree with you. I really miss renting games. And it was actually maybe a month or two ago where I'm sitting on the couch, really wanting to play a game. I've beaten most of my games and I just don't know what to play. So I'm sitting there thinking like, I really want to play the new Resident Evil Village. That would be awesome. But I don't want to buy it because it's $60. I don't even know if I'll like it. I could borrow it from a friend, but then I have to find a friend who's willing to give me their physical copy. Another another point to physical copy games right there. 
Um, yeah. So I'll have to find someone who would give me their physical copy that I could download and play, which I don't know many people who've had the game. I can't rent it and because there's no rentals around anymore. And uh, it'll, it won't go on sale. And there's probably not very many used copies. And if there are, there's still at least $40. And I don't want to spend $40 in a game that I don't know if I like. So I was looking at options of how to physically rent games. Or not even physically, how to rent games in general. And there's like Gamefly, which I have no idea how well that even works. I used to always see commercials for it when we were younger. Don't know how well it is. Never even given it a shot. But like those typically are subscription-based, I believe. And then you have the PlayStation Now, which is also subscription-based. And you can play games from their array of libraries. But then you are stuck with the possibility of not even having the game you want because sometimes they don't put new games on or they go through cycles of games so it's it's a substitute but it's not really that great of a substitute i think the best substitute right now for renting games is the xbox pass i think it's called where you basically pay $10 or $15, depending on if you're doing it for your Xbox and your PC. And you pay that a month, and you get a collection of this entire library that also cycles like the PlayStation Now. But they do it so much better because they have new releases. They have old games. They have new ones. You can base, They have indie games. They have AAA games. You have so many options to choose from. And you can just pick and choose what you want. You download it, and if you don't like it, you just delete it, and then you download another game. And doing the math, even if you do the most expensive $15 a month, it's like $180 a year. If you play three full AAA games, you've basically paid for it yourself. I know there's some argument of, well, you wouldn't have bought those games regard Like, if you didn't have it, it's true, but you're also getting the benefit of having those games and even more. So you can make it worth your money if you play games avidly. Unfortunately, I don't play games enough to utilize something like that. So that's where the the market kind of falls flat there. You don't really have any options to rent anymore because you can't go to a family video or a blockbuster, throwback to the past, and pay $4 for a game for a week. So it's really tough because you either have to find games that have been out for a while and i'm used for super cheap but you also run the risk of getting spoilers in the meantime if you're really that interested in not getting spoilers or you have to bite the bullet and buy a used game for 40 dollars because the game is still relatively new so yeah buying and renting it's a it's a tough market right now just because there's nothing to fill the niche and it's kind of upsetting because there's so many games i want to try but i'm not willing to pay the risk because like you said you buy a game you play it for a couple hours and it's like shit i don't even like this game and you mentioned uh steam has a pretty good return policy which i think it's it's an all right return policy for indie games because a lot of indie games are shorter but for some of these triple a games that can be 40 hours of gameplay two hours into it barely touches the surface and sometimes i don't even know if i like a game until like four hours in because it's such a large game so there's some pros and cons to it but um yeah it's just 
it's one of those markets that I think still needs to catch up with the times, especially since digital is happening so fast that the renting market just isn't catching up quick enough. Although Xbox, I praise them. I As much as I dislike, I mean, I don't dislike Xbox, but I prefer PlayStation due to the exclusive titles and all that stuff. Xbox, they're really killing it with their, their pass thing, their game pass. And I wish PlayStation would do something similar, but Xbox probably patented it, and PlayStation probably doesn't isn't allowed to do something so similar. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making stuff up, but PS PlayStation Store needs to get on their shit if I wanna if they wanna beat Xbox in this scenario. I think their reaction to that was the PlayStation Now thing. Mm-hmm. It's just and it's just lacking. it's just not. I was about to say it's just not as good. They have an answer to it. It's just. Not as good. Yeah, they have no new games on it. Like they have a few, but I'm just like, what? These all are garbage. Or majority of their games are just like a entire series collection. So like, I looked and I believe they have the entire Lego collection, like Lego Star Wars, Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Jurassic Park. I'm like, cool. The Lego games are great, but I'm not gonna pay for this just for the Lego games. And they have a bunch of like little things here and there, and I'm just like this. There's so much that they're missing that they could be utilizing, and they're just not. And the funny thing is, I remember when I'm on, like, PlayStation Network and stuff, when it comes to, like, movies and TV shows, you can still have the option to rent it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I understand why you you can't really do that with games, like, digitally, because there's going to be some code people that when they rent it, they steal the code and basically can have mm-hmm. the game for yeah for the three dollars or whatever that it was, but I mean that existed back then in physical copies. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking, I may know from experience yeah. of doing that. <laughs> Me too. There may it may Not have been it, possible. But... <laughs> <laughs> it may have been days. possible. <laughs> but they a lot of games coded something i don't know what it was in their cd especially when it was because it was prominent in like pc games to do this that they coded it to where you couldn't yeah I'm, i'm sure there are ways to get around that but like for example spore they their first copy of just the regular spore you could um burn and get a copy of it and put on other computers and usually they have that licensing thing i don't know how that plays but um they both the original spore had the license but it didn't have this anti code copying thing where a spore galactic adventures did so they found the errors of their ways probably from people illegally copying it but um yeah, so like you said, there there are ways to get around it, but I'm sure there are other smart coders out there who are able to bypass that as well. Yeah, and so it's funny because like I get the whole why everyone's swapping to digital and everything, but it it seems because of that everyone more people are taking interest in games. And mm-hmm. so cuz it's been so easily accessible now. But then that issue arrives if like if we'll like a game or not. And you would think that with so many people playing games now that renting 
stores wouldn't have a problem, but I think it's because everyone rather not go outside or like they're like, oh, why go to a store and buy this when I can stay at home and buy it? But then that issue comes across like, oh, I don't end up liking the game, and that's when you get all those comments of people saying like, oh, what a shitty game. I played it for an hour. I absolutely hate it. And you get a lot of those comments where I feel like two things either need to happen. Either somehow, like you said, renting needs to figure out some way to do it like digitally or figure out something I feel because I really want renting to come back. Or the second one, I think internet cafes should become more mainstream i guess would be the thing because there are a few but there's not a whole lot and if you go to a internet cafe then this is mostly for like pc games you pay whatever fee i don't know how much pc cafes are to play like an hour but it's essentially like renting a game you can play whatever games they have on that computer and so you will find out if you like it or not It would be cool if they had that for, like, consoles. Like, you could go in, they could literally have, like, a PC cafe and then, like, another thing for the new consoles. Kind of like how Walmart used to have where they would have a a system out of, like, whatever game and you would see all the kids there and you would have to always look up at the screen and end up hurting your, getting a, like, sore neck from playing it for (laughs) so long. But I think that... If they simply brought that, that would help too, because I understand the whole risk with like digital and stuff. But I think with so much people now getting into it, there needs to be something, like you said, for renting, even if it's just simply being like an internet cafe. I think that would easily solve the problem if it had a good assortment of games. Yeah, um, I feel like. Internet cafes, I mean, I, f- I see the potential there, but I feel like with the American market, at least, that is not something that people would be very interested in. I I don't know. It just feels like something that, I mean, obviously, Japan is has internet cafes and stuff like that, and they work, but I feel like that is something that our culture wouldn't really just embrace. I don't know. Maybe they would if you had the option of just trying out a bunch of different games and stuff like that. It'd definitely be uh, an, it'd definitely be an, a business that someone would really have to take a risk on because it would be very difficult to get people constantly coming back because once someone beats a game, you kind of are at the mercy of them wanting to try out another game. I don't know. It probably would only really work in big cities. I feel like, yeah, that's probably true. Cause a lot of, like, internet cafes are for, like, the competitive games, like League, StarCraft, uh, Call of Duty, mm-hmm. whatever. Stuff that is, like, a multiplayer online. So, I guess it wouldn't really be a fix. I guess, bring back arcades, but <laughs> for, I guess, consoles, or just yeah. have it... There's been some places I've gone, like, a, they're called, like, Geek Bars or stuff like that, that have, like... Segas and mm-hmm. 64s that you could go. Maybe I just wish they were a little more popular. So I mean, I just want renting to be more accessible. I was gonna say, uh, there's actually an arcade place right by the Kroger by 
my house over here. I've never been in it. It doesn't ever look very um, packed. <laughs> it looks very empty all the time. But there actually is a little arcade place. And then you have, like, the bar reset by me where um, they have... They don't have video games, but they have a bunch of arcade games and uh, big, old-fashioned arcade games, which is pretty cool. Played that. Been there once. But, <laughs> but yeah, there needs to be, like, one where you can get a controller <clears throat> and be able to physically play, like, an old retro game or something. It would be really cool. Yeah, I just wish there was more renting or more demos, but... Mm-hmm. That's hard to do, I guess, with a lot of, like, indie games. But, like, for all the AAA games, I really wish they would come out with demos. Yeah. I think that's the thing, though. AAA games are known for their name, so they don't have to give us demos. Yeah, People are like, true. oh, well, Rockstar's coming out with a, a GTA Five again. Might as well get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh my God! Skyrim's got, coming got, to the PS10. Say, oh, we, I need to buy Skyrim that <laughs> for the for the kitchen oven. Awesome. No, for the it, the Samsung fridge. Yeah, the isn't Samsung that fridge, isn't that yeah. a, didn't they make it or was it I, Xbox? That was, I'm pretty sure that was a meme. I thought they, but I know it was a meme. But I thought they actually built one, like actually had a physical one that they showed off for the meme. I hope not. I really it, maybe it was all completely a meme, but I could have swore whatever company actually built one for the meme. But, but um, yeah. Either way, AAA games—they're not really going to do demos because they have their name behind it. So people, people just want it for the name, or they assume it'll go well. But another thing for like renting that kind of leads into our next topic is also. How if you rent a game and you play it for a couple hours and you don't like it, there's a whole like pre-ordering now, and pre-ordering it is its own risk. Special, yeah. Oh, I I'm I'm very one way or the other pre-order versus not pre-order, but I want to hear what what you think about pre-ordering nowadays. Nowadays, unless it's something I absolutely know I will enjoy. I will pre-order it. So if it's like a game, like a sequel to a game that I'm going to pre-order it. And even if I hate it, I'm still going to play it and I'm still going to beat it because I'm like a diehard fan of the franchise. Like infamous second Mm son. (laughs) (sighs) But Pokemon, I didn't get to pre-order more for financial reasons. But anyways, it, Pre-ordering, I don't pre-order a whole lot anymore. And one of the main reasons, honestly, is pre-ordering back then was so much better. Mm-hmm. Pre-ordering back then, and I understand with the whole... This keeps going back to this whole physical-digital debate. And this is a point I think physical has over digital. Is a lot of times, like with pre-order... Like, for instance, I think one of the last few things I pre-ordered was, like, StarCraft II, Wings of Liberty, Heart of the Swarm, and Legacy of the Void. But I got all their physical Legacy editions. I spent the money on that. I got mouse pads. I got art books. I got all this stuff. Even when Skyrim first mm-hmm. came out I was going to mention that. Yeah. how much we make fun of it. I got a pretty good pre-order. 
was it Alduin or Parthenax? Alduin. Dragon. Alduin. Yeah, you get an Alduin fucking statue. Yeah, it was pretty and, big, too. It was pretty legit. And not to mention that, you got this, like, leather back concept art book that yeah, was, was a cool book. absolutely stunning to look at. And even Infamous 2, when it came out, I got a figurine of Cole McGrath. I got a comic book, an exclusive comic book, and I got, what was it, the backpack he wears. It was very small, and like you couldn't really do much with it, but it was still sweet. Here. Now, if you pre-order something, it's like digital. It'd be like, oh, you get this, and you'll get this new outfit. Oh, you'll get this new cosmetic. You'll get this. It's like, okay, but... Back then, when I would, when I bought Skyrim Legacy Edition, when it was a hundred dollars, you got the game that was sixty dollars or fifty dollars. I think PS3 was fifty dollars. Fifty dollars, you got an art book that, if you tried to find probably at like a regular like bookstore, was probably another fifty sixty dollars. You got the Alduin statue that I guarantee you would have been over a hundred dollars if you bought it, like if they sold it by itself. So you got like a two to three hundred dollar value for only a hundred dollars because you pre-ordered it and I got like the legacy edition. And it's just like that's one thing physical I think will always oust digital. Even when I bought like StarCraft 2, I bought the Legacy Edition and I got those mouse pads. I got a also an art book like each time. And it came in a really sick ass case. But I also got some digital stuff, too. Like, I got pets for World of, War- World of Warcraft. I got some cosmetic skin for, like, Overwatch, which was cool and all that. But I, I didn't really give a shit about that. I honestly like the physical stuff. I like the, I, I, I don't know what you call the gaming merch that you would used to get with, like, pre-ordering. I really miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that was a pretty good example of pre-ordering that verse now. Because, yeah, physical copies had the opportunity to give you really cool merch. Whereas nowadays, I mean, I know the PS3 wasn't really that long ago, but I guess I guess seven years ago, eight years ago. I guess it was a little bit of time. But, yeah, you, they had the opportunity to give you some really cool stuff. But as PS4 came along, the items that they would give you became less and less. They started realizing how far... Like, they were figuring out how far they could push the envelope. They were reducing the amount of physical stuff you get. Maybe you get a keychain or or something along those lines. Because I think Taylor pre-ordered an Assassin's Creed game, and she got, like, a keychain of the the symbol. So, yeah, you get a little little trinket. And then they would kind of push the envelope like, oh, we're not going to give you as much physical. We're going to give you more digital. So we'll give you some weapons or we'll give you some armor, give you a little more content in the game. And I feel like that's really not flying with a lot of people. You still have people pre-ordering because you have people who are devoted to their game. It's like it's like a religion. When you have a game that you really like, you become devoted to it. So a lot of people are devoted to Assassin's Creed. Some are devoted to... Uh, like Skyrim and like the Elder Scrolls stuff, I'm sure people will pre-order the next Skyrim that will come out, or not Skyrim, the next Elder Scrolls. And you just have those things, and people will pre-order even if you're not getting a bonus. But 
with pre-ordering now, things are getting less and less. I feel like, and then games are flopping a lot more, or at least it seems like it because the internet likes to really show how shitty someone did on games. So it, it's a definitely a pro there because a lot of people are not pre-ordering as much anymore because the risk is too high. You don't want to spend $60 on a game that is going to flop. Like, for example, Cyberpunk 2077 was a pretty big flop in terms of what they promised versus what we compared it to, which was The Witcher 3. A phenomenal game, which I probably would have pre-ordered another Witcher game if it wasn't for 2077. Like, they had such a great success, and then they went to this other game, and I'm pretty sure it was so controversial that Steam and PlayStation and Xbox were refunding people because of the lack of promise that was given to them. Like, they were promised certain content, and it did not meet that expectation. So very few scenarios you can get your money back but most of them you can't so if you pre-order and the game flops odds are you're out of money so i'm i'm one way or the other i'm definitely anti-pre-order nowadays unless i know 1000 percent sure that the game is going to do well but it's very difficult to know that so i just don't pre-order because there's no there's no point in risking it because we don't get the content that we used to get there's almost no incentive to pre-order besides saying you pre-ordered. And that's basically where I fall. There's just too much risk. Yeah, like, Pokemon was something, if I had financially able, I would have 100% pre-ordered. Yeah. And that's one thing, like, they're pretty constant, right? Like, as yeah, a there's, game. There's really no... You can't mess it up. I mean, there are a lot of like a lot of people didn't like Sword and Shield. I thought it was a fun game. I enjoyed um, Sword and Shield. I was gonna say the- actually, that's the one game where I saw the trailer for it and I was very underwhelmed and underimpressed with it because it was very empty and void. I don't know if the game itself if, if they fix that or not, but and then yeah, because didn't isn't that also the game that they couldn't release all the Pokemon all at once? They had the like yeah. So, like, everyone was bitching about that, but I think it's, it's like, the same old argument to... I know we're going a little off topic, but <laughs> it's, like, the same old argument where everyone was like, oh, why can't you make a game with all the Pokemon? It's, like, because it's, like, physically not capable of doing that. You guys... I would disagree, because look at Breath of the Wild and how in-depth and immaculate that game was. They had so much content. The map was huge. You're telling me they couldn't fit in 700 Pokemon into a little game? Not and not have it like not okay digitally yes storage wise they could, but you gotta think about this, Pokemon games the entire map is not for encounters. If you went into a cave and you put every single cave Pokemon in there. If you were ever like trying to find a specific Pokemon, good luck. No, because I'm not it saying, would be so hard to find. I'm not saying put every single Pokemon in there. I'm saying at least have them within the game. Like there is, you're obviously not going to put every single Pokemon because every single cave Pokemon because there are areas where certain Pokemon don't appear. But they didn't even have all the Pokemon in the game. Like 
they had to do an over-the-air update, I believe, and fit the rest in, or something along those lines. I could be mistaken, but they they had the capabilities of at least having them in the game, and I think they fell short of what they should have done. There, I think there's an expectation to have, and they fell short of that expectation because maybe they were cutting corners, maybe they just ran out of time. But I think they definitely didn't do what I feel like they were obligated to do with the Pokemon game. See, I couldn't care less too much about that because whenever it's a new region, I like to personally only use Pokemon from that region. So it was more the competitive side that were bitching about it or like they're like, oh my God, I can't have my Pokemon that I've wanted since Gen 2 on this newest game. I still would have complained, even though I'm, I'm like you, I do like to have mostly that region's Pokemon, but I would have felt like the gaming company, the company didn't care because they thought I would just be content with getting less product than what was expected because every Pokemon game prior, you could, once you beat the Elite Four, you could still go back and start getting the uh, older gen Pokemon, but they didn't even like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, there's an expectation I think that a lot of game Pokemon players had that just felt like the company didn't care as much. I don't know. I didn't play the game. I didn't buy the game because I don't have a Switch or anything. So I guess I don't really have say in it, but that's just my perspective. I would have been pretty disappointed from the company. by the Disappointed of the company. Before we get too much into this, like I said, <laughs> this was just a, a yeah, little tangent. Yeah. But yeah, for like pre-ordering though, I would say I, unless it's Pokemon or... If it's a game like StarCraft 2 that I absolutely knew whether or not I like the game, I'm a diehard fan of the franchise, I would pre-order. Otherwise, I don't see... I literally almost don't see the point in pre-ordering mm-hmm. Definitely anymore. Definitely no anymore. Not Especially to mention, digital. A, yeah, a lot of times like they offer you skins and shit, but mm-hmm. then... There are some games where it's like, oh, it's only exclusive. Like You can only get it if you pre-order it. But then there are some games that say that, and then a month or two later, or they'll be like, oh, hey, we're having a sale, and guess what? You can buy the pre-ordered skin. So it's like, the mm-hmm. fuck was the point of me paying yeah. an extra $20 to get it two months early? And it's and- funny because half the time, I'm just like, I don't even, I just use the default skin anyway. So it's like, what's the point? That, and it's just like... Without the physical stuff you get, sometimes I don't think it's worth it. Like, yeah, a lot of cool cosmetics, but like you said, there a lot of times the game that gives you cosmetics, they still are making, like Fortnite, they're still making a whole mm-hmm. shit ton of cosmetics. And there's going to be better skins than your pre-order skin. And it's just like... Or, for instance, New World, the MMO that came out that everyone loved and then... Amazon has done shit with the game right now with so many bugs and exploits and everything. But, like, I got some skin from Prime Gaming, and there were, like, skins you could get if you pre-ordered New World, like, pirate skins that for your weapons and shit. I've had a couple skins, and honestly, I completely forgot about them. 
because a lot of times the weapons look cool themselves. There's already other skin weapons in the game. Like, there's a Warhammer you can get that is actually an anchor, and I thought that was fucking sweet. And so I used that for a while, even if it had lower, like, stats. And so it was just, like, digital cosmetics and other stuff you get for pre-ordering that you spend an extra $20, $20, $30 for, I don't think are worth it. Mm-hmm. Where pre-ordering back then, like I said, I got a fucking statue. I got a concept art book that the whole value, I think, is probably worth, like, $300 that I spent $100 for. Yes, I want that. That felt rewarding that I decided to place my trust in this company to give them $100 before I even knew anything about the fucking game. And I'm like, yes, I want your game. I don't care if it's bad or whatever. I think it's, like, I believe it's going to be good. I want this game. I want to make sure I have a copy on release date. That's what I think pre-orders should be like. They should reward you for putting your trust in that company, in that game, saying, yes, this looks like a game I'm going to enjoy. This looks like a game that's worth the money. You know what? You, The company should be like, you know what? Thank you for putting your trust in us, for guarantee us sales. Here's a little extra. That's what I think pre-ordering should be. Not these fucking cosmetic skins that you can buy a couple months down the road. Or even if it's not that exclusive skin. Like Fortnite had a Samsung Galaxy skin that everyone was going bonkers over if you bought the samsung galaxy phone you got that skin and like everyone wanted it on their account you know how many samsung galaxy skins i see nowadays none (laughs) oh man you you good that seemed like it was built up for a while (laughs) i've been wanting to talk about this for so long like pre-ordering in general and oh I still got one more story that I can't believe you didn't mention. Oh, God. You mentioned, like, Witcher and all that story. But what about No Man's Sky? Oh, yeah, I was going to mention it. I didn't know if that was worth uh, jumping into. That was a train wreck okay. on itself as well. To be, fair, to be fair to No Man's Sky now, apparently mm-hmm. it's a pretty fun game. That's it has regular updates and everything like that. So kudos to you for trying to do a whole See, yeah. 180 i've heard but, it's great now i will not purchase it until it is on sale for 15 dollars or less though as a principle and it's just like we were promised i pre-ordered the game because it looked amazing it looked like it had the spore s mm-hmm. exploration but then it looked like almost what it is now it looked yeah. like what it was supposed to be exactly and, like, you can meet friends or, like, meet other people. Like, this was an expansive galaxy and shit. And it was going to be cool because we were all going to build bases, almost kind of like Minecraft, and meet with each other. No. You literally mine rocks, talk to NPCs that didn't do shit for you. Like, it didn't matter if you liked them, hate them. Mm-hmm. There was nothing with the NPCs. It was so void. It was so bad. You got full refund for it. Like, even at GameStop, who is notorious Notorious. for not giving you your money back but they give you full refund for it they were even investigated to be sued for Mm -hmm. what's false advertisement of the game yeah it was it was a whole big scandal it was very interesting i was lucky enough that when it came out family video was still a thing so i managed to go there and i found a copy it was the last one on the shelf so i rented it for I think five days 
for a couple bucks and we played it and we're just like wow this game is not what it was supposed to be so we returned it in like two days it was it was was bad it was completely awful but yeah like for me i almost have no incentive of pre-ordering a lot of things like i said i would pre-order probably pokemon just to like have a copy so i can immediately go like to the store and be like hey i want my copy it's already paid for it more for like not even to more reserve the copy more for the fact that i could just go in go out and have it Mm -hmm. but like i haven't starcraft 2 was the i think all the starcraft rings of later harder storm legacy void was like the last pre-order that i did that was like a legacy bundle or like whatever the like deluxe special edition whatever because it still gave me physical properties if you're going to make a deluxe special edition i want physical things for it i'm not going to pay an extra 10 20 for stupid in-game skins exactly (laughs) even weapons and armors like a lot of times they'll be like oh have this weapon or armor and it's like oh i'll help you fast track to end game okay but once you get to end game you're going to be grinding anyway so it's like mm, if it's a game i'm really going to play and grind for it i'm going to do that regardless if i have the early advantage or not so Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah so moral of the story don't pre-order kids (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i i think that about sums it up is there anything else you want to add just to re summarize everything for we'll go over our final stance on everything physical versus digital 70 to 80 percent digital for me i will buy physical copies for the games i am a diehard fan for or i know i'll like buying and renting renting i wish would come back i really wish there was some way to rent games i think it or AAA should come out with demos, something I think renting should come back. Pre-ordering, basically almost identical with my physical versus digital thing. If you give me physical things, I will most likely pre-order. Otherwise, the only reason I would pre-order is for the convenience to walk in the store and come out. Otherwise, I'm not pre-ordering anything. Yeah, I'm very similar. I'm probably like 95% digital, 5% digital 5% physical just because sometimes you do need a physical copy and there are cases where it's like man if only I knew someone who had a physical um I typically buy but I really wish renting was more easily accessible just because there are so many times where you don't want to waste money on a game that you don't know if you like or not and then pre-ordering just don't do it that's it (laughs) just don't do it and for the like question of the day it's gonna be what's your guys's opinion on our three stances on physical versus digital renting yay or nay and pre-ordering yep i would be very interested to hear if you guys differ in any way i think the biggest difference would be the physical versus digital thing i don't think many people nowadays really like pre-ordering but who knows maybe there are a few who still are adamant about it and then buying running i don't think it's as big of an issue as we might think it is but i think there are a few who will 
also be on our side with that one or against us who knows but as for that that is our episode for today so don't forget to show us some love and support at patreon.com slash and of course don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at weebspawn and you can contact us at weebspawn at gmail.com i've been your host bobby and i'm joshua and we will see you guys next time when we weebspawn spawn.